welcome back to Music Therapy and Beyond, a podcast focused on education, wellness, and advocacy for the music therapy profession. Our full team is here today to discuss wellness and what it means for us and what it looks like in our lives. We'll be sharing a little about our journey towards wellness and also some helpful tips and resources to take with you this week. Our very first wellness segment last month, episode number three, dug into the research and definitions behind wellness, well-being, and self-care. We encourage you to check that episode out for more information, but before we get into it, uh, this conversation, Miss Maggie is going to give us a brief overview of what wellness is for those of you that haven't had a chance to listen to that episode. So, take it away, Maggie. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Let's just dive right in. So what does wellness mean? As defined by the Global Wellness Institute, wellness is the active pursuit of activities, choices, and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health. So when you partake in wellness, you are adapting proactive attitudes and lifestyles that prevent illness, improve health, and overall quality of life. In episode number three, I include definitions of other terms like holistic well-being and self-care and how they are connected to wellness. The best way I can describe all of these terms being interconnected is through a tree analogy. The term holistic is the trunk, wellness the branches, well-being the leaves and self-care is like the rain and the sunshine that the tree needs to grow. So when you practice self-care, you're doing activities that promote the overall well-being or happiness, which is the desired state of being when using the holistic approach of wellness. I think a tree is a great way to envision all of these terms together because practicing wellness is an active pursuit and is always growing. And when we are served the right nutrients, we also grow. Now that we have a quick overview of what wellness is, we are each gonna talk about how wellness has played a role in each of our backgrounds and how it plays a part in our current jobs as music therapists. But before we begin, Let's just have a brief music break before getting into the good stuff. Welcome back to the conversation today. 
Like Kristen said, we're talking about wellness. I think a good place to start is by sharing our background with wellness. So how did it look? Did our families talk about wellness? And did we even know what it was or what it meant? Maggie, how about you start us off and share with us your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I know for a fact that when I was growing up, the terms wellness or self-care were never in the picture. Even in school, we never talked about anything related to mental health. I grew up in a very small town in eastern Kentucky and went to a private Catholic school for grades K-12. through It was a very small school. My graduating class was 14 students, and all of the grades K-12 through were in one building. I believe there were about 200 students total when I was there. It was a very conservative and old-fashioned school, which provided me with a wonderful education, but we never talked about mental health. It wasn't until college that I learned what self-care and wellness meant. I was a very competitive swimmer for 12 years, played soccer in the off-season, was very active in the church, and involved in our school musicals. I was always busy, always running around, doing something. If I had free time, it would be filled with chores. I never stopped to think about my mental well-being, but I also didn't know what that looked like. Wellness and self-care are terms that I have more recently been able to introduce to my parents. My mother now goes to yoga classes, and my dad is learning how to say no when he doesn't want to overexert himself. I think that they are a perfect example of how wellness is an ongoing process and how it's never too late to start taking care of your mental health. There is now even a wellness center in my hometown, which offers counseling, massage therapy, and even aromatherapy. Even though the ideas of self-care and wellness were a little late to the party in my small hometown, people have started to realize the benefits of taking care of not only the physical self, but also the mental self. It's really encouraging to see the effects that wellness can have on a community. So that's a little bit about my background. Alyssa, what about you? Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Maggie. So growing up, I was always very, very active, both with exercise and music, and I was also very involved at my church. Um, Obviously, my schedule really peaked in high school. I started taking college classes at 16 and working at an orthodontist office between classes. I was performing in a band. Um, I would say that I had a good awareness of health, but not necessarily wellness. Um, Like I used to run with my dad a lot and even in my younger years trained for a junior triathlon. So I was exercising a lot and spent a lot of time worrying about what I ate. And though I was trying to be healthy, I think I had a really unhealthy outlook um, on restriction and a really unforgiving attitude about my body and the emotions that came with that. So in hindsight, I was focused on health, but not wellness, which actually kind of threw me in the opposite direction completely. Um, My family never really used the wellness lingo, if you will, but my parents did model spiritual wellness, especially in finding quiet times to sit and journal was something that I saw my dad do every day. 
Being homeschooled, there was not the same pressure to be spread impossibly thin, but I was never sitting still. Mental and emotional wellness, I would say, was something that my family valued for sure. Uh, My mom is a social worker by trade, and my dad does a lot of counseling within his work, so getting in trouble growing up looked more like a sit-down conversation where my parents, like, leveled with me and talked through choices and consequences, and I was always being reminded that I was loved at the end of those conversations, so I think they did a great job at giving us intentional time to be heard and howled. And to this day, we don't avoid feelings and we talk through what we're thinking and feeling and we're very open, which may catch people off guard if you hang around us a lot. (laughs) So that's me. Kristen, what about you? Well, you know, my background, I mean, I also grew up in a very small farming community. Um, And so work, working hard was just kind of part of it. So I, I certainly identify with with both aspects of, you know, Maggie from, you are from a small town, but also Alyssa, I was very engaged uh, physically, like in exercise and um, always, I also had a really unhealthy relationship with food as well. Um, and which again, through throws you in the opposite direction. But, um, but you know, growing up, my dad was actually home with us um, when I was very young. He stayed home and um, we did have sitters at certain times of the year because my dad did farm and so during planting and harvest season for sure while when I wasn't able to ride with him in the combine I would go to sitters or or preschool Um, but as we got older my dad ended up working nights uh, at a hospital and plant operations and then farmed during the day and if you know anything about farmers they work all day long I mean they're just they never don't work it's just their life and so um, I certainly grew up in that environment and then I grew up in a a house that was as a homestead so there was always projects to do so when my dad would come home he would always have something to do in the garage or something to fix in the house or a barn to keep from falling over or something like that so Um, so that was kind of the, my dad was a very hard worker and, but you know, he did, he loved spending time with us. So that was, um, something very, very special that we grew up and now I stay home with my kids. So that definitely has, has followed through with, with us. My mom grew up in a very, um, very, very small farming home and where that's all they did. And it was revolved all around survival. Um, As such, my mom grew up with an affinity to work and to work really hard. Um, She's also very service oriented. So this is something she continued um, until just about actually a year ago when she decided she'd had enough and took a job that allowed her to have more time for actually living. But my mom worked for years and years and years and got up really early and came home late and was always running around and my mom and I now have wonderful conversations about work-life balance but it was never something that came up um, or modeled for us in the home Um, so realizing self-care and wellness is essential was not something until just recently she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder about 15 years ago and in her mind that she that directly links to her very unbalanced work and life. So I have seen the, what happens, what can happen um, if that's 
that work-life balance and wellness is not in check. So it's never something that we talked about at the dinner table. Wellness was never something I learned about until probably it was even explored in college. But to be honest, um, growing up, I did all of the things. Uh, I was from a small school. We, we graduated with 40, which feels like is big compared to Maggie's Maggie's size um but I was involved in everything I went to a public school I lived a mile from the school um I could actually walk there I didn't I rode the bus but um I was in cheerleading for football and basketball volleyball track school government national honor society all of the music things um outside touring choir ensemble I also did that outside as long as piano lessons and then we traveled a lot so every time we were um, had a break. We traveled. We saw family at other parts of the country and we traveled, um, all the time. So we were full. Our schedules were full all the time. And I continued that. And, you know, looking back, I actually remember getting sick really often. I remember one time specifically in high school where I just really had a hard time getting better. My, um, leukocytes were really low and stayed low for a while. And, um, it was, uh, it was, I mean, I didn't, I, I know now that it felt scary, that it was scary, but at the time I was just focused on getting back to cheerleading practice. <laughs> so, um, I was always up late working really hard to do well in school and then, um, getting up early to go to practice. So that's kind of what my background looked like. Um, and I think there's a lot of, uh, things that resonate between the three of us. Um, so now that we have a, a kind of an idea about our backgrounds, how we grew up, let's dig into what wellness looks like for each of us, like during our education, like music therapy education, and at the beginning of our professional career. So Maggie, would you like to share with us first your experience? Yeah, of course. Um, when I first got to college, I had some free time for the first time in my life, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I got into some unhealthy habits, which led to depressive episodes and poor school performance, etc. But luckily, my professors noticed that I was struggling and reached out and really introduced me to wellness and self-care. I started going to yoga classes and practicing meditation, eating healthier, and surrounding myself with healthy and positive people. My professors were very adamant about mental health and being in tune with how you are doing mentally and physically. They would even lead us in meditations and music-assisted relaxation, not only to teach us how to use those techniques in our practice, but also experience them. They were proponents of mental health days and taking necessary steps to decompress after sessions that were especially emotionally draining. After college, I was more aware of my body as a whole. Um, I'm able to recognize when I'm feeling a bit off, ask for guidance when necessary, and figure out the root of the problem. I used to practice yoga regularly, but since COVID, I haven't been keeping up with it as much. And I definitely noticed a huge difference in my mental health during the first few weeks of the pandemic. But I am also so thankful that I had resources available to reach out and ask for help when I needed it. 
Wellness is a very inward experience, but I think it's also so valuable to recognize that we don't know everything. And sometimes we do need a little help to recognize how we are feeling and why we are feeling that way and what to do about it. I don't want to say that I am a wellness professional by any means. I still struggle on a daily basis with practicing appropriate self-care and promoting wellness, but I've also learned that it is a journey and there will be good days and there will be bad days. However, the active pursuit of wellness gives us something to strive for and it also gives us tools for how to achieve holistic health. So that's a little bit about my next part of my journey in wellness. Kristen, how about you? Well, Maggie, I wish that I could say that I experienced that in my college experience. Um, I had amazing, amazing professors and I learned a ton, but wellness is not part of it. Um, I kept very busy. I scheduled, um, actually my schedule, I think I had 20 to 20. 22 to 23, sometimes up to 25 hours per semester. Um, and that was pretty much every semester I was there on scholarships. So I was involved in lots of things to keep up with those scholarships. So um, I also had a very high um, uh, demand on myself for a, a perfect academic record as well. And so A was really the only thing that was acceptable in my mind. So I remember staying up very late studying and getting up very early to work out and then um, just really having uh, unhealthy boundaries especially when it comes to resting and sleeping. Uh, my internship was actually at a large hospital so my days were basically eight to five um, and then I would get up in the in the morning and, and work out. In fact I finished my internship only six days before getting married and then two weeks later my husband started med school. So we moved to Columbia and started, I grad, started grad school online through CSU and it was like this time between my internship when, and it, even it was so crazy when we were getting married and all the moving and all of that, but it was within this time that I finally for like the first time felt like life was perfectly slow if that makes any sense like when you are too busy everything rushes and I just remember thinking it was perfectly slow like I was aware I remember so much from that that time um, but then I ended up getting a part-time job here as a music therapist and then that just bloomed and so by the time I finished my thesis I was working over 60 hours a week on top of doing my finishing up my grad school. So my Mondays to Friday looked like um, basically eight to eight. I'd get up, I'd be at this, like work at a school during the day and then I'd teach lessons or do um, other therapy in the evenings. And then obviously my weekends were documentation and preparation. So I got very, um, very busy very quickly. And you know, I learned over these years to carry a very high caseload. Um, to, ha to have just a very high, high capacity. I have a very big plate, as they say. Um, and, you know, I did get to a point where I, I had to turn clients away. And so instead of doing so, I did hire on a contractor or contracted with a, um, another individual who moved to the area. And then I had a baby. And life from then on has been kind of um, even more difficult just with the, 
balance of life and work and building a business and having now um, two employees and then we brought on a third and then we have a physical space uh, then I had another child and um, and so it has just been um, a, a definitely a balance and it you know honestly it wasn't until my employees started experiencing symptoms of burnout that I really started digging into the research what is burnout what are strategies, how to prevent it, how to heal it? Um, you know, they were very, they very rarely went over 40 hours a week um, and their direct therapy was, was never including drive more than 25 hours. So we've, we've always kept this 50-50 rule of thumb with direct therapy ratio. But as many of us know, a lot goes into wellness and there are a lot of factors that lead to burnout. We are going to dig much more into this in strategies in, for music therapists and businesses specifically in future episodes, but it wasn't honestly until the last two years that I really started looking in the mirror. I wasn't modeling healthy boundaries. I didn't know how to help them. I didn't know how to rest, what that looked like. Um, you know, as an employer, I, I didn't know what was appropriate for me to do. Um, so I built in more PTO and increased wages and, and added benefits and did the best to rearrange schedules and caseloads as the best I can, but um, they needed so much more and I didn't know how to help. And so that really has kept this in my mind and in my attention, at my attention, at the focus um, as we've, as we've kind of progressed and um, as we bring new employees on and all of that. So as being a mom, um, I also have to model this at home. You know, they're, my littles are a huge reminder to model good, healthy boundaries with technology, work, housework, and self-care. So my challenges are, of course, my built-in tendency to fill white space. I just, I almost can't handle it because I'm so used to filling it. So that, I have to be very intentional about creating that space. Um, and so my strengths definitely come, I think, with the amount of self-care things that um, I like and that work for me. I have very high-impact um, things that, that work very you know, very well for me. Um, and I like to do them. So I think that's definitely a strength. But um, I, I do think that I was doing unconsciously those things unconsciously. Um, but it wasn't until the last two years that I have um, really been able to sit and actually put them into practice and been very intentional about putting the space in. So what about you, Miss Alyssa? Yeah, so Kristen, you and I are very similar with our undergrad experience, and this probably has something to do with the fact that we share our alma mater. Yes. <laughs> um, but long story short, college was a wellness disaster. There are honestly days when I still think that I'm recovering from undergrad, and that was like coming up on two years ago now. Um, I mean, like you, Kristen, I was in overload hours for like every semester. I was in um, yet another performing band for fun outside of the ensembles for school. I was an officer in multiple clubs and organizations. I worked two on-campus jobs and I was sick all the time. It actually got so bad that I had to have a tonsillectomy because I couldn't sing from all the strep throat that I had. And I had had tonsillitis so many times that it changed my voice because 
and I'm sorry if this is really gross, but my tonsils were so swollen they touched each other in the back of my throat. It was miserable. <laughs> um, and I still maintained a full social life. You know, I was dating someone. I played at my church almost every weekend. I was running so ragged and I somehow held on to my honor status, but I sacrificed my health for all the things. Um, this is also about the time I realized that my headaches were getting to be a problem. Um, later on during my clinical internship, it got to a point that I had to start going to the doctor to manage them. And like all along the way, my parents were really worried about me and they were always telling me, Alyssa, you need to rest, you need to rest. But I felt like if I stopped moving, all the plates I was juggling would fall. And that was simply not an option in my mind. I honestly felt like if I stopped running, I wouldn't be able to catch up. So, you know, as an Enneagram one, wing two, the fear of dropping the ball and saying no literally kept me going on autopilot. Um, you know, I would I would try to fit in self-care when I could. I knew it was a thing, um, but it was so far down my priority list. It, it was ridiculous. So... After that, moving, kind of transitioning into my professional career, you know, every time or every year I choose a word um, as a goal or intention of what I want my year to be marked by. And so for my first year as a professional, I decided that my word needed to be health. I felt like I had just been chewed up and spit out of a very turbulent five years of undergrad and clinical training and just a really exhausting unsteady phase of life. Kristen, I know you talk about this and we talk about this all the time. So many transitions happen between like 18 and 22. It's crazy. And I felt like I needed a restorative year. But um, while I thought I was looking forward to a calm year of planting my feet, I actually emerged from student life into one of the most turbulent and uncertain years of anyone's professional and personal life. And that was, as we all know, the year 2020. <laughs> I am really starting to get the idea that like certainty and like consistency is like a mirage that doesn't exist, but I'm still hopeful. Um so, anywho, a lot of what helped me continue to find wellness during this next phase was giving myself grace. I still carried a lot of those really rigid, restrictive, and um, pretty legalistic ideas of what health looked like in my mind because that was something that I could control amidst the chaos. Um, and I had certainly not undone the pattern of perfectionism in every area. So for me, I had to let that go and give myself grace and the freedom to explore wellness from a very small space of literally my house. Like I didn't have a gym to go to anymore. So I had to accept the space in my house, which is my garage. I didn't have work to go to in the same way. So I had to accept the space of my house and make new kinds of spaces. And um, as an extrovert during this whole quarantine period, it was really exhausting for me emotionally. Um, so I had to find space for socialization alone in my house. And not just physical space, but more importantly, mental space. So 
wellness took on a completely different look in my life because nothing was normal anymore. Again, another mirage um, that (laughs) I'm still chasing normal. Um, But I had to expand what wellness was and far beyond exercise and diet and really kind of zoom out to a more holistic mindset. So I really learned to explore different ways to address the physical, emotional, sensory, and spiritual wellness that I really, really needed to have that restorative time in my life. But we've all shared kind of what our wellness journeys have grown to be moving into our careers. So why don't we share just a glimpse of what our wellness practices look like at the moment? Kind of a real life boots on the ground, if you will, viewpoint. Kristen, do you want to go first? Yeah, I certainly can. Um, You know, honestly, I'm still in the thick of it. And as you uh, listeners can hear, we're all none of us attain wellness like it's it's just something it's like attaining balance it's balances it's like a oxymoron you know balance is something that we're always working towards and constantly having to uh, balance life and so um you know a couple years ago and I did a lot of of internal looking and and resting lots of resting um and looking into like who I am and and what I am outside of all the hats that I wear this year and so um, I dug into lots of books and learned lots about the Enneagram and my specific growth path um, over the last few years but I'm still very much on this journey so I'm a mama of two I have two littles age four and a half and two and I'm home with them full time. That was always our plan was for me to stay home. Uh, my husband also works from home, which makes the pandemic, staying inside actually didn't change our lives all that much, except for the fact that on top of all of these things, I was the music coordinator at my church. Um, and so my uh, part-time in quotes job. And so I, I was doing that, but then obviously that changed as well during the pandemic. And so I've stepped back from that position, which I had planned to before the pandemic. It's just, I finished out my, my year um, until they could, can find somebody else. So uh, my life looks a lot slower now than it did the last few years. I've been slowly taking things out Um, realizing that it was just too much. It was just too much. So um, we will homeschool. And so as my kiddos grow and we already are kind of building that into our days now, but my husband and I kind of, we, we share, we share our work days. So some nights he'll work, some nights I work. Um, I try to have about one or two afternoons a week where my husband will be with the kiddos and then I focus on work from about two o'clock in the afternoon to about seven at night. And then there are also a few evenings I work on creative projects after the kids go to bed or whatever needs to be done. Um, And right now, honestly, I work one day on the weekends, which for us is fine when we start traveling. I'll have to re-look at that, but I do like having I do like working and having independent time on the weekends. It's not um, it's not something I necessarily want to get completely away from because I do like the work that I do and the work that we do. Um, I have one night a week that's devoted to, in quotes on our calendar, is Mama Care Nights, where I don't do any work. I just do the things that care for me. I read books. I take a bath. I listen to a podcast. I journal. I craft. Sometimes I watch The Bachelor or The British Baking Show, and one of my favorites, The Pioneer Woman. 
So I love to cook. I love to bake. My husband and I have always been big runners. So um, we love to work out and move our body. In fact, um, I have always made exercise a priority. Um, just, I actually was training, trained for a half marathon and I used to do hot yoga. Even when I was working so much, I was getting up at five in the morning to go to my hot yoga classes for an hour, sometimes 90 minutes. And then I'd go to work and work from eight to eight. And so I really honestly do think that it was that exercise that did help, um, at that time. So that's definitely something we run three or four times a week and then do some yoga. I do yoga with my kids. I lead them in it every, every day or every other day. Um, so I've definitely learned more about meditation and mindfulness um, from my natural births, actually, when I was uh, pregnant and training for both of those. So I really dug into mindfulness um, in preparation for those. One of my favorite podcasts right now is actually uh, Live Awake. And it's, we have links in the show notes for that. Uh, our family does lots of walking. In fact, my family calls it walk and, Family Walk and Talks. We love to sew, um, or I love to sew. I love to do craft projects of all kinds, Bible journaling, journaling, um, bullet journaling, kind of fun, crafty stuff. So I have lots and lots of um, crafty things and self-care that I just get to choose from. Um, so all of, actually I have some of my favorite supplies that I use, I'm using uh, in our show notes for you if you're interested in any of that. I really love learning about essential oils and so I, I use doTERRA specifically and have a ton of links um, in the show notes to some of my favorite oils that help um, kind of just help me have fun every day and is, is kind of a, a self-care thing for me. Um, I love to use music to set the tone in our home. So every morning we listen to the Cozy Acoustic Morning Playlist on Spotify in our morning as I'm prepping for breakfast. Afternoons and evenings we have different ones, but we pretty much every day have a dance party. Um, so I think that there's just a, a ton that um, we pack our days with, with just self-care. And um, one of the things I've been really big about is finding those little bits even like two minute times in my day and having something available that I can choose to do like just quickly sitting down at the piano and improving or um, lately I've been grabbing my classical guitar books and getting um, those or grabbing a cup of tea in fact I'm an avid tea drinker and a connoisseur of all things tea um, and I also love books I have about 10, 10 books or so that are always going um, sitting by my nightstand or on the table. Um, two of my most favorites recently have been Sacred Rest, which I just finished, and Starting With Why. Both of those have been so great for me. I love visual crafts, so editing our website and keeping that creative flow going. Um, I, love, I love doing all of that, coloring with my children, taking back baths, of course. Um, but that's pretty much I, I like pretty much everything except knitting and crochet those are just not thing not my things so pretty much anything but that um, I try to fill my space with but that's kind of a glimpse at what my days look like they never look the same as a mama and a, a working mama that stays home but um, but I really have found the space to to work for me so Alyssa what what do your days look like yeah, and like you said, this is kind of an ever ever evolving journey that we're on for wellness. So it does change all the time, but um, 
so I kind of think about it in two ways. Like, um, so I'll start with like outside of work time. I um, have a goal to, I think about it as tending to my body, my physical body in some way every day. So whether that's working out, um, yoga, or even just stretching and resting, um, I live and die by my, I have this shoulder shaped heating pad that I use all the time. And it really helps with like relieving the muscle tension. I really struggle with, um, a lot of shoulder pain and it triggers my migraines when I'm really tight and stressed, um, which is pretty much all the time. (laughs) So that's something that I do a lot in my like wind down routine. Um, But I also try to make a point to exercise creatively at least once a week. So that usually looks like playing my guitar, exploring a new music technique, writing a song, writing poetry, um, or working on even music production techniques. That's something that I've been really into lately. I also love to use essential oils um, and ASMR to wind down at the end of the day. And I love nature sounds when I sleep. But um, if you're anything like me and your mind is like constantly going and it's really hard to turn it off, I love the Get Sleepy podcast. Um, It's like these beautifully British narrated sleep stories that I can really focus on and they put me to sleep just like that. Um, About once a week or so, similar to your, your mama care time, I just have like, I call them like mini spa sessions. So about once a week or so, I pamper myself with skincare and like a beauty evening. Um, I, ooh, another thing about self-care, I always have my nails done. Um, so, but if they're not done on this spa night, I'll make sure to do them. And then I'll like do my eyebrows and a face mask or something to just feel like fancy and fresh. Um, I think looking good and feeling good are really important. Um, In the mornings, I like to start with my quiet time and prayer. And I love my cup of coffee. So I'll drink that while I do um, homework before I get ready for work. And so then that's kind of like outside of work. Now, when I'm at work, um, I try to stand up and stretch throughout the day. I'm really bad about, like, getting tunnel vision when I just sit down and start working. Like, I won't stop for hours at a time, and then I'll look at the clock, or, you know, I have to get up to go to my next thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't, like, I haven't had any water, or I haven't, like, stretched my legs at all, and I can't feel my bottom. So, I am trying to get better about that, (laughs) um... I am really bad at drinking water, so something that I've done is I've started drinking this stuff called Liquid IV, which is just like a little powder additive, and it adds like electrolytes and some good hydration stuff to your water, and that really helps a lot, especially if I'm having a headache. If it's nice outside, I always, always, always will eat my lunch outside, and I'll try to eat really fast so that I can take a walk because that's like my favorite thing to do. Um, I also love using oils at work, especially if I'm having headaches, peppermint oil is like, I have to have it with me all the time and I'll, I will wear that quite frequently. Um, another thing I do is I'll bring my full spectrum UV light to work with me to bring some sunshine inside, inside during the winter months. I'm actually like sitting in front of it right now and I'm really enjoying that. Sometimes I just try to take five minutes and I'll, like you, Kristen, I'll pick an instrument and I'll just play to give my thinking brain a break. 
Um, I also do get regular massages, and I've started a probiotic and supplement regimen. Um, I am learning so much about how gut health is so important for, like, your energy and your overall health. So that's something that I've um, been researching a lot. And after work, if I don't have another commitment, I will make a to-do list for the evening, and then I will shut off my brain. I'll watch an episode of a TV show or have a snack or crack open a cold one, which is a LaCroix, and just decompress for a minute. (laughs) And then I'll tend to my personal to-do list until it's time for bed. Um, I guess I should also add in here, at some point after my restorative year, quote-unquote, of 2020, I decided I wasn't doing enough again. So I started an online graduate program. So in between work and my social life, I'm going to school full-time. So having set routines is really important for me to know what I'm working around each week. And I'm a big-time planner. Um, and I have to be in order to manage my time. I think anybody, that's, that's an important skill for anyone. Um, so I like to, (laughs) I like to think of my life as an organized chaos. Um, so there's another to-do list. I'm all about the lists and that is, that is a tool that I did get from my mom. She's a list maker. And I don't know if you guys ever got or remember those like little paper, little paper sheets that you would get in a door hanger. There were just little ads that you would just get at your door like every month or something. So she would always have those in a drawer and she had like usually like three to five different lists on those that she kept by her paper calendar in this corner in our kitchen and that corner but with her calendar and her lists was like our center of operations for our whole house and so um she turned me into a list maker as well so I have at any given time like at least three lists going and I do like a paper calendar but I also have digital multiple digital calendars as well so I um I have to write stuff down or I forget about it and having like little tasks to check off really helps my brain keep track of where I'm at and what I need to do and I find when I write it down like while I'm just thinking of it throughout the day I can just write it down and don't have to worry about it so I'm not trying to juggle all the things in my head and I can really just attend to each thing individually which mentally helps me a lot so like I said, I guess my life is still kind of an organized chaos in the wellness thing, but I feel so much better and so much better rested because I have a system, a crazy Alyssa system for organizing all the things and keeping track of wellness as a part of like my task list. So that's really helped me a lot. Um, and those are just some of the things that I'm really into right now. But Maggie, what about you? Yeah, uh, thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Kristen. Um, So, honestly, my biggest technique for achieving wellness right now is going to therapy myself. Um, I started my professional career in the pandemic, and nothing has really been quote-unquote normal. Um, I haven't really figured out a routine for myself yet. You know, it's all kind of up in the air. Um, And sometimes I need someone to ask me the right questions and guide me through why I'm feeling the way that I do and what to do about it. I've used BetterHelp in the past, which is an online form of therapy, but I've recently started seeing someone in person. I encourage you to find what works best for you. I noticed that I needed to be with someone in person to truly benefit from counseling. 
I also know that being physically active and eating well is very important for my overall wellness. Um, so I try and exercise at least twice a week, two or three times a week. And I try and eat as well as I can, but I also throw in those little guilty pleasures every once in a while. You gotta treat yourself. Um, but I also, I grew up around horses and riding horses is a passion of mine. Um, so I looked up an equestrian center around me and there was one and I asked if I could work as a stable hand in exchange for riding lessons and they agreed. So I've been doing that for the past couple months and it's been a huge outlet for me and serves as a great form of exercise. I have never been so sore in my entire life after that first riding lesson. And hopefully once things go back to normal, I can join a yoga studio and add that into my routine. Um, and kind of like Alyssa said, I also take uh, vitamins and supplements every day to help support a healthy body. And just some more simple things that I do, um, you know, if it's sunny, I try and go for a walk. Uh, luckily where we are, there's a lot of great options for walking, lots of great trails, um, lots of great hiking areas. Um, I also love doing puzzles. This is just something that I can do with my hands and it engages my mind as well and I'm not looking at a screen. I can just, if I want, I can turn on music in the background or I can just sit in silence and it's all, it's all good when I'm doing my puzzles. And I also love, 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 love taking a bath. Just sitting in that warmth for a little too long sometimes and taking a sensory break is so stress relieving for me. Um, and then also something that I found that really helps with my mental well-being is being productive. So, you know, being productive makes me feel accomplished and I really strive for that feeling. Even if it means deep cleaning my bathroom or deep cleaning my kitchen, anything like these little detail-oriented cleaning projects, if I can't be super productive in my work, I can be productive somewhere else. Um, and it will make me feel so much better. And then, of course, last but not least, playing music can be an outlet. Um, this seems like an obvious one for musicians, but I've also come to notice that too much music is a bad thing. And if I feel like I can handle it, I will make music, but I also feel comfortable noticing when I've had my fill for the day. So those are just a, a few things that I personally do to achieve wellness. Um, so now let's talk about some specific habits, habits that we use to maintain wellness. So Alyssa, could you start us off? Yeah. So for me, something that's been helpful is setting a bedtime routine. Um, I find that mornings are sometimes harder to be consistent with, at least for me, because I'm not really a morning person. I'm working on it, but it's still a work in progress. Um, so, you know, I decided to start with kind of the half a half of the day that work doesn't dictate. So I'm in bed by 11 p.m. and my phone silences my notifications by like 9.30 or 10. 
Um, so sometimes I'll read homework or a book for fun or just watch ASMR. I love to start my wind down, you know, with my heating pad and my robe with some tea. I'm really loving peppermint tea or sleepy time tea. And I'll put my oil diffuser on or my favorite candle. Because, by the way, I think candles should count as self-care. I'm obsessed. I have too many candles. Oh, I, you can't have too many candles. No, never. I absolutely <laughs> but, agree. <laughs> Um, so that's just, that's just kind of my thing. And I find that when I have a nice long wind down at the end of the day, I do sleep better and it helps me wake up better the next day. And I don't feel like exhausted. You know, I'm not starting my day feeling behind already. Um, so a good bedtime routine is, has really become essential for me. And, um, maybe that's just me getting quote unquote old, but like, I fully intend to back that time up earlier and earlier. (laughs) Kristen, what about you? You know, I'm, I'm with you. I think you got to schedule it in. That's, um, you know, I think everybody has different, I mean, you just have to know that's like one of the things that I love about going through all of us going through and like I've learned so much about you guys that I didn't know about your wellness journey which is why I love about this podcast as well but hopefully our listeners can also kind of start to take a a look at where they came from and um, so as we're talking about all of these habits some of them might really work for you and some of them might not and so that's um, hopefully between the three of us we can give you some habits but I think scheduling it in is the best way to do it because then you just miss those like, I mean, for a mama right at home. So I'm, I sometimes only have two or three minutes maybe while the kids are playing really well without needing, you know, me to help break up a a disagreement or, or help them transition or something like that. I might have like three or four minutes, but I have like a lovely list of things that, um, you know, that I, I initially started with a list, but I think, um, it's, it's all about looking at where you have that time. So, um, where exactly in the calendar and if you schedule it in, it's so much, um, more likely going to happen. So I've really gotten into time blocking and actually scheduling in white space for, again, that's my challenge. So I've actually been scheduling that in and scheduling in that care time. Um, so that would be my recommendation to actually schedule, you know, a, a solid eight hours of sleep or however much sleep you should be getting or you want to be getting. But um, that has been a, a huge positive change for me was to just actually look at my every single hour, second of my day and going, okay, where do I logically have space already? Not where, where I can create space, but where's the space already? And what can I do in those 10 minutes? Or what can I do in those five minutes? Um, and how can I make that accessible? So... What about you, Maggie? What do you use every day? I'm kind of like you, Kristen. Um, I need to write it down or else I it, I won't remember. I won't remember to do it. I keep a dry erase calendar right by the front door of my apartment and I check it a couple times a day because I could forget by noon. So I have to go back and look again and again just to make sure that I get done what I need to do professionally and personally. And also, like Alyssa, I set a bedtime for myself and I make sure I get all the sleep I need. Going through undergrad and internship, I never had the luxury of setting a bedtime because I always had something to do or, you know, 
something would come up and I'd be up till two in the morning. But now I can set a bedtime and it's huge. It's made a huge difference. Um, it makes everything a little bit easier throughout the day if you have the rest that you need. And sometimes it's just the little tiny things that can make a huge difference. Yep, I I completely agree with all of those. So we've said scheduling it in, setting a routine, and I think we all mentioned getting enough sleep. And that is one that I love that everybody, you know, we're going to fall off the horse. Like, you know, well, hopefully you don't actually fall off the horse, Maggie. Please stay on the horse when you're at the equestrian <laughs> center. But we're all going to, like, have nights where we're like, oh, I didn't meet my bedtime. But just Okay get back up the next day and just and try to do better the next day and so i think that this is that balance that we're talking about and hopefully um you all can find some some helpful recommendations so as we start to kind of kind of wind down you know we've walked through many different ideas tips and tricks from each of us that work for us but we did want to leave you with three high impact wellness strategies to consider using in your own life starting today So Maggie, why don't you tell us what one of those high impact things is for you? So my number one thing that I'd love to share is don't be afraid to ask for help. Go seek counseling, therapy, read books, watch YouTube videos. If one wellness technique isn't working out for you, reach out to your community and see what other people are doing because people are so, so creative and there are so many ways to achieve wellness. And you just have to see what works best for you. Kristen, what about you? What do you do? You know, um, I, I I have to say that um, making a list of things that are good self-care strategies for you and then just having them available. So, you know, like I have mentioned with scheduling it in, but making sure that you have it available. Like, for instance, I have my essential oysters essential oils in my kitchen, my office, and up in our bedrooms, ready to grab whenever I need it to just have it take a moment and breathe and be mindful. Um, I have sticky notes all over my house to encourage me to, you know, whether that's um, like mindfulness or affirmation quotes or things like that that just remind me, but I have them available. I have my shoes right by the door so that if I have five minutes I can go outside or my, you know, while we're transitioning or things like that. So I, that would be my biggest recommendation would be, um, write down all the things that, that work for you or that you want to try, get a big list and, you know, maybe separate them into what's going to take me like two minutes, what's going to take me five minutes and then put them out, put your books out. If you want to just grab, if you have 10 minutes to read a chapter, have it all available you know if you're a crafter don't have it in your craft room where you have to be so intentional about not you know if you don't see it you're not going to remember it so that's like maggie she said i have to have my schedule right by the door have it available have it out where you're going to see it um that has been the biggest changer for me is to just have things available so Alyssa, what about you what's your high impact strategy for our listeners Yeah. So, um, I think where you start and sometimes knowing how to start is the hardest part. So for me, um, something that worked and something that I recommend is just simply identifying the things that you need. For example, I didn't realize that I needed sensory rest. And so 
identifying that for me was huge all throughout my day. Um, you know, like for me, I have to find quiet um, and I'm really sensitive to lights. So just identifying those little things, once you can adjust that, it makes you feel so much better. So, you know, asking yourself like, what makes you feel restored and what are you missing? Um, and then just identify the ways that you can address that right now without changing your schedule. Because if you can't build it in or accomplish it now, it's not realistic to think that you'll start by radically changing your lifestyle or your schedule. So start small, identify identify what you need and how you can address that right now and then build it from there like anything um baby steps you know and it is it is a process so set smart goals for yourself Next week, we will be talking about the next installment, um, part two of our three-part series, Authenticity in Music. I'll be giving you some basic practical strategies for your voice, piano, and guitar to consider when practicing your music authentically. But to kind of close things out for today, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we hope that by sharing our journeys, you may be inspired to consider your own and find new ways to grow in wellness. Um, like we've said, we're going to give you links and share all of the resources that are working for us to give you ideas. Um, and if the things that we're doing don't work for you, that's great too. Like Maggie said, reach out to your community and figure out what does work for you. If you liked this episode, please rate and review. We're just beginning with the Music Therapy and Beyond podcast, and reviews mean so much to us. Find all the show notes, links, and resources at www.musictherapyandbeyond.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and email us at musictherapyandbeyond at gmail.com if you want to reach out. We want to hear from you. We hope you have a great week of wellness, and we thank you for the work that you do in all the places that you do it. We'll see you next week.